Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? and tell an elaborate ploy to nig david foley our favorite kid that we all have a crush on <laughs> we'll be reviewing every episode with woody banter and unmissable segments probing into the heart of the canadian identity i'm joined by kalina mccordoff in london england blimey <laughs> hans Seidemann in <laughs> prince rupert canada right on eh yeah. 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 Stuart Derek cottage with me in vancouver canada whatever so, <laughs> we'll be reviewing episode six of season one, originally aired on December 4th, 1989. So, let's kick this off with our sketch rundown. We've got uh, another white bread slathered in a thick coating of Hans's favorite mayonnaise. Thirty <laughs> Helens agree. Yay, 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 yay. What do they agree on this week? Tattoos, Tattoos aren't, aren't for everyone. everyone. Promptness is important. Apathetic robbery, in which nobody cares that they are performing on a television show. <laughs> Running faggot, the greatest thing ever about a true hero. This is a sketch in which uh, Scott Thompson uh, plays a sort of gay version of a G- Davy Crockett type character who uh, fights against bigotry and rednecks. How businessmen relax. Spoilers, it's with whippings. <laughs> Truck owner. who It's about a guy who owns a bunch of trucks. I'm not actually sure this <laughs> is so a sketch. Uh, and straight businessman. Can I keep him? Yeah. So let's kick this one off with some debate over our stand-up sketch. Uh, do you want to start us off, Kalina? Yes. Straight businessman is yet another of the sketches in my prelude to this um podcast which is my kith primer for people who have never actually seen (laughs) seen kids in the hall so for more seasoned viewers though i would say running faggot is definitely up there but as we're going to discuss that in a minute it's just i want to talk about how the businessman trope just wins me over every time especially in this sketch where it promotes the idea that you know this um this kid who brings home this businessman he's you know convinced his mom that he can keep him he's a stray he doesn't he seems to be confused about where he should be but you know at in the end it's just a reality that he will die outside of his natural habitat of overpriced cab rides <laughs> regular promotions and a constant blow of vodka martinis oh yeah I, I do love there's this scene where like bruce is with his businessman in a tent in his backyard <laughs> and they're like looking through like the uh business section of a newspaper and kind of like by candlelight sort of pointing stuff out and he's got a little martini in, in the in the tent with it's them amazing standout performance from kevin mcdonald yes. too mm-hmm. just doing what he does absolute best just like being charming and, and also when he gets dropped off like to to be in his natural habitat with the other with the his, other his white fang moment where he, you just you realize that they have their own their own language they're like habada, 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 habada. taxi taxi <laughs> taxi <laughs> it's amazing oh that made I, now i feel so warm about straight business man uh, but well, which was this, your favorite Stu? but it's in the same episode as running faggot it's got to be running faggot for me you know the they rely on this bit a couple times they bring it back um 
we haven't talked about this yet, but they toured in the late 90s, 2000s. Uh, they did uh, stage shows, and they sold a DVD mm-hmm. of it, and they brought Running Faggot back, oh. of course, because it's just, it's, it's mm-hmm. such a big one. It's like Citizen Kane and Running Faggot comes no. back, for sure, and Head Crusher. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for me, it's those top three regu- uh, mm-hmm. recognizable ones. I just think it's so funny and subversive. I, I love that it's framed in the context of a Mormon yeah. folk legend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I just, that's... Uh, Bruce McCullough and Mark McKinney kind of kill it as the straight face. Like that makes me, their little songs make me giggle. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where Kevin McDonald in the first bit, he runs up and Scott Thompson says, howdy pilgrim, like super butch. And Kevin McDonald goes, howdy faggot. <laughs> and it's just that little hiccup of uncertainty in an otherwise wholesome portrait is just very kids in yeah. the hall to yes. me. Um, and I love that his acts of heroism are completely divorced from sexuality Except for the run from the rednecks at the end yes. to close it all up, like I just yeah. like what are what are his acts of heroism? He fed a puppy, and <laughs> yeah. he have he you told tried talking to not, it out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to not kill First Nations people. Yeah, a good a good performance by Dave Foley too, doing what Dave does, just sort of like mm-hmm. kind of losing himself in a weird character, and the joke is like, why is he being so serious about this gunslinger? Which made me realize, like, does Dave? really want to be a gunslinger or is he making fun of himself for playing dress up but like he does it a lot <laughs> he loves that poncho i, I think i think dave foley just wishes he was davy crockett really in another life but yeah <laughs> uh, Stu, i'm really glad that you also keyed in on that little bit from running faggot where kevin hesitates when he says howdy faggot which like i just in in <laughs> in that one little line like encapsulated like so perfectly how you know like when when the kids are doing something that's like borderline or or not borderline but like offensive or whatever like they're winking like they they like they know they know yeah. that you know where the joke is and stuff and and that was like in that one line i think they got it for me in that sketch but i think for for me the standout sketch for the for this episode was the stray businessman as well i mean it's I, like cleaning you mentioned it it's one of their all-time classics um but i mean like running faggot absolutely is excellent um and you know i'm sure this will elicit groans from trevor but 29 helens agree was amazing (laughs) and 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna take a moment here to just slather some mayonnaise on this episode because i love love the idea that within the 30 helens community or the 30 helens universe there's like internecine helen struggles um there's like i love that i love that in the tattoo 30 helens there's like this younger helen who like tries to maybe dissent a little bit and everyone just all the older helens look at her disapprovingly and so much guilt gets it she gets in line and that helen fournier is like not on board with the rest of the helens and they all are judging helen fournier (laughs) and it's also worth pointing out that they all have last names too um i I just the universe has so much depth they're like little perfect amuse bouches of kids in the hall i love them so much i hate it and you (laughs) i'm on your side (laughs) for my hey nays man keep us moving i i I, I refuse to respond to your assertions that there should be any award given to any Helen speech for anything <laughs> ever. Uh, yes, but Trevor. I, I'm really on the fence about running faggot and um, and can I keep him? I think they're both great in very different ways. Uh, I, I refuse to actually choose between the two of them, so they both win. Uh, <laughs> Trevor, I feel like you do this. Trevor, you do this so Old often. Stand. You stand on the fence. You need to pick one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, join us over fine. on the mayonnaise I, side. Go with the hell. I well, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna 
<laughs> I'm gonna pick running faggot because I think it's it's more like of a a good encapsulated little nugget of funniness. Uh, stray businessman does drag on. That is bit. It is um, a little long. With that said, though, I'd like to follow this up with the quote of the episode. Um, and Stu, what was your favorite quote? The the little <laughs> song interlude by Bruce and Mark after the uh, the second running faggot vignette, where it's running faggot running he stopped the carnage by getting folks to talk instead just a squawking squawking and a gawking mocking and a rocking running <laughs> nice rendition like how they, well yeah. done well done bravo bravo how they how they snapped and I back to the running too, because that was a hundred percent my favorite thing of the entire episode yes! too. that is the best line <laughs> The, the commitment is so funny. How strange it is is so funny. It's just so good. Um, but I, I watched it again yesterday, and I realized that the third vignette with the stereotypes also made me laugh. With the redneck. Where Dave and Kevin comes up, and he goes, Yeehaw! Walking a talking stereotypes! Yeehaw! That made, that made me laugh, too. Galena, what was what was your favorite line, since it wasn't from Running Fag? <laughs> so for mine, it would have to be uh, the, from the Can I Keep Him sketch, obviously, where Scott Thompson, as the mother, is trying to explain to her son Bruce why a businessman just isn't going to th- thrive while living with a suburban family, rather than alongside his suit-and-tie brethren. It's particularly where Scott says, Now, how would you feel if your school was... 20,000 fathoms below the sea, and your teacher, instead of pretty Miss Maver, was, was rather Morda, the goat woman. And all you had to... <laughs> and all you had to eat all day was potatoes and ice. How would you feel? Oh, man. Oh, that's so good. That's also a good, uh, a good drag example, that it's just like oh. he does it so straight-faced and like matronly yeah oh, like, like that how would this, you feel this was a really good pair up like uh just that that pair up with bruce is the little kid yeah. too where he's like oh gee ma and there is that scene at the end where she's like i got you something and it's just like a box oatmeal. full of oatmeal he's like <gasps> cooked oatmeal <laughs> and he puts it straight on his shoulder that was that was the real the real kicker <laughs> I'm really glad that as I was reading that, uh, Stu, neither you or I could get through more to the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and all you had to eat all day was potatoes and ice. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Okay, Hans. What was, what was your favorite line from uh, the episode? I think for me, so I really, really did not like the lazy robbery sketch overall. Who did? I thought it, I did, it was kind of lame. But it did have just a standout epi- like line for me from the episode, uh, which is that when Dave is resisting Scott's pathetic attack with his like self-defense move, his unbeatable self-defense move of just holding <coughs> his hand up to Scott's face, uh, and then Scott figures it out and lazily bats his arm away and says, Street Smarts wins again. Let the pummeling <laughs> continue. Which, <laughs> which I just love the idea of a, of a street smart thug saying, let the pummeling continue. I, it's, that, that, that delights me. That was also a good line. Um, so moving along, I'd like to take us to our next segment, which I'm calling What Drives This Obsession? And the obsession I want to talk about in this episode is the kind of um, 
recurring theme of just having businessmen. Almost every episode of Kids in the Hall has at least one sketch about businessmen. They barely even get given names, not to mention like backgrounds or motivations, but they just keep coming back to the idea that. Do you, do you have any ideas what's going on with businessmen? Kalina, why don't you start us to off? To be fair, in the Can I Keep Him sketch, his name is Mr. Stevenson. That is true. But, um, you know, well, no, that's uh, not... Kalina, that's he, not we don't First know name. that that's his name. We know that he comes he, to the name. Yes, he Mr. comes to the name Mr. Stevenson. That's very fair. Good point. But perhaps one day one of the kids can vouch for this in person. But, you know, like Sick of the Swiss sketch, they're just an easy target businessman. No one likes them, and being a businessman makes you a big, bad, rich, immoral, conformist man. So who doesn't like really like taking a stab? <laughs> And I think it's like, I mean, maybe we're reading too much into this, but it's interesting th to think about the timing when the developed world is sort of coming out of the economic recession of the early 80s and business and markets are thriving apart from a few setbacks under new like neoliberal policy. So, man, like what's not to hate? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I see the businessman motif as more representative of their identity. Like I think the businessmen clearly represent the man but I think it's more about their sense of identity as outsiders. Like, mm. and I think the outsider status is just central to the kids in the hall identity. Like, they make reference to the outsider status in their name. Mm. Um, and as an aside, do you guys know where the name came from? No, I've heard it yes, once before, but I've forgotten. Yes, um, I could be wrong, but my recollection of this is that the the name Kids in the Hall came from a showbiz gag that if you were writing skits and people didn't like it and they thought it was weak, they'd be like, where they came from? And like, oh, I got it from one of the kids in the hall. The idea being, like, you're not good enough to right, be in the right. writer's room. So the fact that they would name themselves as, like, yeah, we're all the losers who stand outside and aren't funny. This is our show. <laughs> is, like, I think kind of carries through. Um, I think they use this caricature of the businessmen to illustrate their feelings on how decidedly dehumanizing it is to engage in capitalism, or maybe just to grow up, and how they, in contrast, are not yeah. like that. Like, the businessmen are always bizarrely stoic and checked out they like rarely take pleasures outside the confines of office life some of them aren't even aware that there is life outside of the office the can i keep him is a good example where he's essentially a pet um or there's there's the smile maker's birthday fiasco where they have to teach them how to have social interaction or the the board meeting in the middle of an inferno where they all die i think uh you know i think you're you're part of the way there Stu. It, like for me, I think, um, and and clean, I think you're not far off either. In that it was it was a bit of the sign of the times. I think all this obsession with the businessmen, um, and I think it's worth remembering that the, the kids in the hall are all pretty firmly in that Gen X generation, um, which was really the first generation to get just absolutely fucked by the boomers. Um, so <laughs> the first, but not the yeah, last. Definitely not the last. They they uh, they they had <laughs> practice by the time they got to uh, the millennials, but. Um, so I think I think for them, you know, coming into kind of adulthood and seeing all these boomers just nihilistically destroying the world and pursuing ostentatious wealth at all costs, I think I I, th I think if you saw that, it would uh, understandably jade you a little bit. So I think um, their obsession with making fun of businessmen is is almost like a spiritual ancestor to all the jokes nowadays about how there's no ethical consumers in late capitalism. 
um, you know, I think they, uh, you, it could be argued that they, uh, they started that trend. You know, I think I even remember hearing an interview that included Mark where he was talking about the genesis of the Head Crusher skit where it was just like he was at a coffee shop trying to write with one of the other kids and just sitting there watching all these kind of yuppies going by on their lunch breaks and just like looking at them and pretending to crush their heads sort of just out of contempt, you know? Yeah, yeah. Before we finish off the episode, I'd like to move on to our best kid segment where we talk about who the standout performer of the episode was. And if there was someone who stank it up, um, you can also give a worst kid award. So Hans, who knocked it out of the park this week? I am giving it to Scott because running faggot is obviously iconic. And uh, he was the only thing that kept the lazy robbery skit from being just a total waste of time. Um, he isn't tainted by being in the like businessman whipping skit. Oh, we didn't even talk uh, about which, that in the last segment. Oh man. Which which I think which I think is awful and and he wasn't in it, so he escapes my scorn for that. Um, and he plays the mom to absolute perfection in the uh, stray businessman sketch. And then as for the worst, um, shock of all shocks, I'm gonna give it to <laughs> Dave. Um, but like businessman, uh, businessman getting whipped was just the, like objectively a bad sketch. Um, he was also not great in lazy robbery, and uh, he didn't get a chance to redeem himself like Bruce or Kevin did in Stray Businessman or, or the Running Faggot. I mean, he was he was all right in Running Faggot, but he didn't he didn't uh, have a big role or stand out there. So um, unfortunate mm. unfortunate uh, down week for Dave this week. I'm going to give this one to Scott, too, uh, on the running fake bit, as well as, again, his role as Bruce's mom in the Can I Keep Him businessman sketch. I mean, I don't think anyone really sucked, though as much as I love them, the 29 Helens who were shaming Helen Fournier were being real guilt monsters, so fuck you, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Actually, that. I think Helen Fournier might be my standout kid of the episode this week. Yeah, mm. Helen Fournier. As a... As a- as a side note, when I watched this one, I screamed out, Jesus fuck, how can it possibly be another 30 Helens again? Come on, boys. Mm-hmm. And my partner made me put money in the talk like Winnipeg jar. <laughs> Good. Because I'm not supposed to yell, come on, boys, anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my standout this week is Kevin McDonald. I thought he was, I actually thought he was really charming in the apathetic robbery skit, because I never really buy him as fully apathetic. He always seems more like, debilitated by depression and that really resonates with me um also i thought he totally kills the mr stevenson role he's really like he doesn't have any lines but he really brings a lot of heart and like he makes it both cute and really funny it's his physical comedy again yeah he's it was really good i really liked it Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna take a really unpopular stance on this one as much as i love bruce mccullough i think he was the weakest this week because like his um his businessman it's the same Gavin role that he always does, and I just didn't mm-hmm. think it was terribly funny beyond anchoring it of like, this is a kid and kids are dumb. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to take Fair. the exact Fair. opposite stance of you, though, where I think Ooh. this is the first time we see him doing the Gavin character, and like I think it's like kind of a new, good, kind of funny character at this point. So I'm giving best kid to Bruce with a, a pretty Go big ex- assist from both Kevin and Scott here, though, too, because the, that was uh, they were pulling together that skit with him. It, it wouldn't Again, have worked sitting if it was on the just fence, Trevor. Character. Again, sitting on the fence. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just Trevor loves all the, the kids the Gavin equally character all the time. Work on its own. Trevor's uh, the a worst, monster. The worst kid, although I'm going to give to Mark this this week because I do not like the truck owner skit at all. I don't think it's even a, a skit. Yeah, I didn't. I was like waiting for the punchline, and I didn't really get. Like, it's kind of funny, I guess, because it's just a small business owner, and he just tells you the story about how he bought his trucks but 
Oh, my notes in this just say, hey, guys, Mark McKinney has read Duddy Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it for our episode six review. So join us next week for episode seven, which will be hosted by none other than Hans Seidemann. See you then. Bye.